0: Welcome to this very first episode of our diversity inclusion podcast addressing the elephant in the room. I'm Lindsay Bridges, and over this next series of episodes, I'm going to be talking you through DHL Supply Chain UK and Ireland's approach to diversity and inclusion. Through this, I will be discussing with colleagues around our business some of the areas of diversity and inclusion that we're trying to address on our journey. So, today, in this first episode I'm delighted to have DHL Supply Chain UK and Ireland COO Dan Peacock in this episode leading from the top and Dan you've agreed to step up and sponsor this agenda for the business but but I'm really curious I'm going to kick off with a very direct question you're a straight white guy why have you volunteered to lead the diversity and inclusion agenda
1: well, firstly, thank you for uh, inviting me onto this series, Lindsay, really excited to see um, the work you're doing and, and, and looking forward to the next sessions. Um, listen, this is a business reality. Uh, it's uh, We're a global organisation. Um, we uh, work in multiple different countries. We have a very diverse workforce. We have a very diverse industry. Uh, and it's absolutely something that's core to our agenda and a key priority for us for 2025. Uh, as 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 we, as we move through and, and make uh, and look to address and change so it just felt a, a great opportunity to get stuck into something that is so important and so necessary for us as an organization
0: and so dan that's the kind of business reason for doing this but what about you personally why why are you passionate about this agenda
1: for me lindsay th- this is something that is um it's taken some time to really learn and understand i um, uh, like you said, a white, uh, straight, uh, able-bodied individual, and um, I recognize and have spent time recognizing and understanding better about the privileges that come with that, and, and actually uh, something that it was maybe not something I was particularly aware of uh, and, and spent time understanding, and actually he was become more aware, uh, been more curious about understanding those privileges, It's really compelled me to realize the importance uh, that leading from the top and how I can actually have a dramatic impact on moving the agenda forward and really making sustainable cultural change as part of that.
0: So absolutely, Dan. And, you know, if you just think about the industry that we do work in, as you said, predominantly white, predominantly male. In DHL Supply Chain UK and Ireland, we're actually 79% male within our business, 21% female. But interestingly, our management population is actually slightly higher than that. So that means our colleague and driver workforce is probably where we've got a much stronger male bias within that business. Uh, our management teams average between 25 to 30% female, depending on the level of management as we go through.
1: I think we, um, we've been spending some time really understanding uh, our, our, the, uh, the, the workforce, the demographic, um, and really trying to understand the uh, where we may have problems, Lindsay. You know, it's, um, it, it's, it is very much a learning uh, process. And we can see, as you've talked to, that we've got uh, clear opportunities Within our within our teams, whether management layers or um, uh, or our workforce, to do something different. And what we um, what I want to do is take on that difficult question and really try and get under the skin of why that is, why what what why is that, um, and what can we do about it. Um, it just makes uh, you know that if you take the research that's been undertaken. I've done a lot of reading um, more re- on this. And you can see that actually a, a much more diverse and inclusive organisation um, will have huge benefits. And we can see that actually by having that more inclusive type environment, we will see coming through in our organisation a much higher performance. And, and that's something I'm really excited to go after and, and really uh, understand better. And how we take out some of the prejudice in our processes, uh, some of the um, uh, things that we don't even—we're not even aware that are creating potentially a less inclusive environment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about the um, the workforce that we have or the industry that we have, there's clearly a level of bias in our recruitment processes. <laughs> An affinity bias, because our network and if we go and look for people who've got logistic experience, we're fishing from that same pool and we're we're still looking at people who are predominantly white, predominantly male. And, um, you know, how do you think we can start to overcome some of that challenge within within the supply chain business in the UK?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, well, firstly, we've got to take away some of the stereotypes that that as an industry we've created. I mean, we we refer to um, job roles in in, in terms of that there is a gender associated with it. Let's give an example, like two man home delivery. That is something that is very common and we talk about that. Um, And inadvertently we're creating uh, an exclusion uh, of, of, uh, and and, and saying that's a, a male role that just feels very strange when you challenge yourself and really look at this. So I think in terms of how we, start to make inroads i think firstly we've got to um uh you know we are um as we said already very male dominated uh, and and white dominated and we need to uh, start to get the conversation going we need to start challenging each other and being more comfortable uh with having this type of conversation and it's something that is um we're going on a learning journey on it we're not mature in this space at this at, at this point but actually starting to generate the discussion starting to challenge each other and doing that in a way which is very much uh doesn't in, create that sort of defensiveness that may uh, may take place and there may be some training and we have certainly launched training already but that, that's only one small part i, I feel of, uh, of starting that whole journey that cultural movement that we're looking to achieve
0: i completely agree with you i mean it is part of the culture change that we are working to bring in our business isn't it and you know i'm more we need to have diversity in terms of the numbers the statistics if you like and then we need to think about inclusion how do those people feel like they can bring their best selves to work every day and i think that's we're on a journey in both elements of that i would suggest right
1: yeah absolutely and i think you know inclusion is, is one um that actually uh i've been thinking a, a lot about and um we how do we uh, how do we in, ensure that um, no matter what your background you feel you bring your best selves to work? You we're not putting on a demand in terms of time or role that uh, excludes um, uh, people from uh, from top, from the roles being able to call that out uh, appropriately. Um, I mean it's a, a very personal experience for, for me, but watching um, the How my partner and how we we've got two small children and as a small example, Lindsay, you know, let me not uh, overstate it, but it's it it is really uh, with two small children it's really taught me and made me more much more aware of the impact that. uh, work demands can put into certain situations and and actually uh, lead to people completely needing to take them away from that type of role or take them away from that type of work environment and that is something that I find very hard to see and uh, very different, and, and something that I know we can make a big impact on to make sure that we give the right flexibility. Uh, we create the right understanding within our uh, culturally uh, to enable people to, to to be their best, bring the best best selves to work.
0: Yeah, and I guess the industry we're in as well, you know, that traditional kind of industry, and we are really trying to change the image of that. But it is how we're seen. Um, there's a level of of what I would call banter that goes on and um, how do you and and even sometimes I feel um, a little uncomfortable with some of that banter being often the only female in the room sometimes I feel a little bit like I'm not super comfortable with that and in my early career I must admit I would never have called that out I'd have felt to that that was just too too difficult for me to to step on that and call that out. Now I must admit, and you know, because you hear me do it sometimes, I do call that out if I find someone said something that I don't that doesn't sit well with me. But but what can you and what can others do to actually support you know uh, females in our business or people of color in our business or people who are disabled in our business who may feel a little bit like inappropriately treated at times. Maybe it's unintentional, but nevertheless, that's still important.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's an interesting question and it, it actually uh, becomes quite a difficult topic to have a conversation about actually, Lindsay. And um, it's about having that confidence to be able to speak out um, and, and challenge, but also um, that confidence to and, and that feeling, that taking away that defensiveness of, of hearing somebody calling you out. Because naturally when you are called out and, and sometimes people think that, they, that they're quite innocent uh, types of pieces of banter, Actually, um, pausing and really thinking about what that individual is telling you uh, and, and, and how that's made them feel, I think, is, 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 is incredibly important. Um, I mean, we recently had some uh, support, external support, to really challenge us and talk about how we um, become more comfortable to call people out, how we have more com- confidence to talk to e- each other about the agenda uh, the and the culture that we're aspiring towards. One of the things that that i took away was where we're talking about racism in 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 the workplace and as a we were very confident that we um we don't we're, we're not racist but when there was that challenge of saying that, are you an anti-racist it spent it, it really gave us more food for thought in the sense of are we actively challenging and 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 and, uh, and and calling that out and eradicating and taking on that behavior or is there a level of uh, acceptance that, that, that could exist, or a, a concern of of, of 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 taking that challenge. So really, it's about us all. Um, I mean, first of all, you know, from my role, from the board, and then through our whole organisation, we really need to role model, and we need to make sure that we're, we're understanding and we're starting to call out and feeling comfortable to do that. But doing it in a way which actually has the desired desired intent, because they're not easy. Uh, conversations sometimes, and they're not always conversations that uh, maybe historically we've always um, uh, uh, undertaken uh, and understood the real intent behind it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And on the On the point of of racism and being anti-racist, I think um, one of the things I'm learning from talking to people in our business, people of colour in our business in particular, is that actually it's okay to have that conversation. And I think maybe traditionally we've shied away from, from even using the term racist or the term black and actually, you know, I think it's better to have the conversation and maybe even inadvertently get it wrong uh, and be able to go back and say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm using that as a learning opportunity than, than to actually not have the conversation at all.
1: It's really about showing that it's it's okay <laughs> and starting to build a level of trust in the fact that this is something that we all need to get involved in, participate in and uh, learn and being be very curious and um, I mean, it's something that we've been um, doing a lot more of um, is be- that curiosity.
0: Yeah. So I think what I hear you saying, Dan, is that, you know, you're you're very passionate, clearly, about this agenda, even, even though you come from a position of privilege, you recognize that. I think that's really important. I think I hear you also say that, you know, you recognize the industry is inherently traditionally white and male, and therefore we're working within that space. So we've got work to do to change that, looking at our processes, looking at taking out bias. And and I think probably challenging ourselves to be a little bit brave in our recruitment and not always just recruit from that same pool.
1: I completely agree, Lindsay. And I think just to add to the uh, taking bold decisions around recruitment, I think one of the areas I talked about some training we're undertaking, um, we're looking uh, and we're certainly in much more awareness about biases that exist within within our culture. Um, and one of the ones that really resonated or a couple that really resonated with me was that confirmation bias, the affinity bias that comes with the recruitment process um, and actually understanding that better and challenging therefore myself. And therefore, you know, all of us need to challenge ourselves to be bolder and to recognize that that bias exists will really help us alongside the process changes alongside some of the other work that we we know we need to undertake um but actually if we don't address that and we don't we don't create more awareness of it maybe maybe those processes and those other changes that we make will not have the impact that 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 um uh, that we need them to so dan you're you're right
0: talking about actually moving things forward within the business looking at the training we're doing looking at some of the processes that we have calling out some of the things that we see that maybe traditionally would have been okay and acceptable, and maybe we're now learning and realising that aren't. Being curious, reading, educating, understanding. Those are all things you've described that uh, the business in the UK is is doing on this journey, this long journey. What else is uh, DHL Supply Chain UK and Ireland doing in a more proactive way to address diversity and inclusion?
1: So one of the things we've um, relaunched, and uh, really re-energized uh, and um, uh, supported more from a board point of view is um, a DNI steering team uh, that we have across the region. Um, that is a very diverse group. Um, it's looking to really uh, help to educate, uh, help to share, help to set the, uh, the right direction of travel. Um, that then you know, I work. Uh, very closely, and a number of board members work very closely with that team to support and, and, and where we need to invest our energy and where we need to distort our attention to. Um, that team has also recently um, launched, uh, and we're in the process of, of really getting bringing them bring to life, um, effectively the listening groups um, that we and networks um, representing the different um, uh, the diversity that we have uh, within 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 the business. So i'm really excited about that it's really about uh, engaging understanding generating that right conversation and also then helping us to understand how we change and where we need to uh, how we set, set the right directions
0: so dan you talked about the the networks and the steering groups so what we're going to do now as part of this podcast is actually talk to some of the members of our steering group we're going to talk firstly to nicola harrington who leads that dni agenda for us in the uk and ireland and we're going to talk to some members of the steering group who represent different diversity lines to really find out why they're passionate about this and what's driving them to get involved
2: thanks lindsay
0: So, to be truly inclusive, we identified that gender, race, and LGBTQ are the priority topics people want to see more information and action on. So, to enable us to hear more from our colleagues, we're establishing those first three diversity inclusion networks.
3: Hey there, my name is Anthony Elby, and I'm working on the DNI Steering Group, and I currently work within People Services.
2: My name is Rumbi Mukoye, and I work for DHL Supply Chain as a HR business partner.
1: I'm Michelle Mohead, I'm a first line manager. I work at our distribution center at Fiverdale in Darlington. I
3: decided to get involved because for a while I felt like there wasn't anything being done around diversity outside of the diversity week that we have each year in the company. Um, so I took it upon myself to start uh, producing content and having conversations within my business area, um, specifically around LGBTQIA content, because that's the diversity line of my passion. Um, and this caught the attention of Nicola Harrington, who then invited me onto the steering group so I can help take what i had done uh, within my business unit of people services and support the rest of the steering group to be able to get this kind of content and these conversations out to the wider business. Um, why is it so important? Because I think that when you're part of a diversity line, if these conversations aren't being had, it's very easy for you to feel invisible. And that's not a nice way to be in a company.
1: The challenges we've faced is because really our industry is seen as a very male-dominated industry. So it's really about making a culture change and bringing the networks in and and learning and educating others on what it means to be in the LGBT community can only help things. And if we can bring people in and be allies, which will help change the culture even more, people should be themselves. And to change our culture, to make it easier to do that is only ever going to be a good thing.
3: I think the biggest challenge DHL faces is that we have such a large workforce. And with a large workforce comes an even bigger mix of diversity. And whilst that's something that we absolutely want to celebrate, it can be really difficult sometimes to be able to know how best to represent everybody and highlight everything in an equal and respected way.
2: So DHL have done really well uh, in the past year after launching their DNI agenda. Uh, I've seen a lot of improvement around the leadership actually taking interest in and in speaking out about different diversity uh, lines within uh, within the business. Uh, I know that I'm part of the DNI uh, steering group. Um, I've worked for DHL for the past seven years. Uh, I've never had that sort of like experience. So it's given me an opportunity also to discuss uh, my diversity line, which is like race and stuff. So being given that opportunity as a black woman, I think it's made a a huge difference and it's initiated different discussions that have not been had while I've been a member of DHL. It's creating a safe space where everybody can feel uh, valued, um, they can also feel that they are, they are contributing.
1: If you want to research more, go online, there's lots of resources online, there's lots of good books as well. Become an ally to help the community and help make DHL be a more diverse place to work for everyone.
2: Also for me, it has been a great experience to learn about other diversity lines. So I can only imagine what uh, my counterparts or my colleagues uh, are also benefiting from this discussion because it has been made safe uh, to discuss about diversity
0: So really interesting to hear from Nicola and other members of the steering team and to to think about what they're going to be driving over the next 12 months. I'm very excited about that. And we will return to that, I'm sure, in a future episode. So so thank you to them for, for sharing that. And Dan, thank you to you for coming on today and for really sharing a little bit about yourself and your own reasons for spearheading this within the business and giving us some really, really personal insights into the challenges that we face and how we are working to overcome those. And as you said, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. This is a longer term cultural change that we want to drive within our business by increasing the diversity of our population and making sure that this business feels inclusive. It feels like a place where people want to bring their best selves to work every day without any fear or concern. And that's definitely what we aspire to. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Lindsay. It's been a great opportunity to join today and really just have an open conversation. This is not something that um, I've done before. And and it's one that uh, I think is really important that we continue to drive. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, I said it earlier, um, this will be a long journey. It will be one that I will ensure is sustainable. Um, and and very much one that we can actually see true change through our organization and really support uh, the industry uh, through a very important area, which I think will have huge benefit um, to all of us and and, and to all of our workforces that exist within uh, and work within such an important and fundamental area. So um, thank you again and um, good luck with the rest of your series. Thank you.
0: So in terms of the next episode, What we've got coming up for you next is building the future. So listen out for episode number two, coming next month where I'll be talking to some of our future leader graduates from within DHL Supply Chain UK business. They're on our graduate scheme and they're very passionate to talk about their own personal development journey.